the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to our text, which we've been exploring for some time now. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And then we will read from verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. That are the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus had an attitude, and that attitude saw him elevated to the highest place of honor in life. The Bible says, have the same attitude. Christ had, therefore, the attitude he had led him to a place where God had to exalt him and give him a name that is above every name. That is where we have coined our title for the series from Attitudes for Altitudes. I know you want to get to higher altitudes in life. I know you want to uh, achieve God's purpose and plan for your life. I know you want to become all that God will have you become. And it's my pleasure to help you become it. And one of the things that is critical in becoming it, like we saw in the life of Jesus, is a positive attitude. When we develop the right attitude God expects us to possess, we are on our road to becoming all that God will have us become. And I see you become who God has ordained you to be in Jesus' precious name. This is what an American author by the name of Dr. Charles R. Swindoll, he's written a number of books. He's written several books and Bible commentaries and all. He, Charles R. Swindoll is a professor, seminary professor of Dallas Seminary. And then uh, he was the president of Dallas Seminary, theological seminary for a very long time. He's a pastor and an author. This is what he had to say about attitude. He said, Attitude to me is more important than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for the day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. 
The only thing we can do is play on the same string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. That's it. You couldn't have put it in a more succinct way. We are in charge of our attitude. You are in charge of your attitude. And on that note, we want to continue what we began and I sought to introduce last week in this exciting series, Attitude Towards God. Attitude Towards God. This is Attitude Towards God, part two. Last week we read from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. The Bible said, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. You are asking, why am I here? What is the purpose of my existence? Why did God create me? Well, the Bible tells us the whole duty of man is to fear God and observe his commandment, reverence God, and then obey his dictates. The New Living Translation says, Now all has been heard. There is a conclusion. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandment. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. There are several attitudes you need in order to succeed in life. Several attitudes. And we will not cover every attitude that is required. But I hope to walk you through essential, fundamental attitudes that are critical if you must experience the successful life God has wired you to experience in this life. If you must live a life of impact, if you must live a life with meaning and fulfillment, you need to go through life with the right attitude. And today we want to start by looking at attitude towards God. We began it last week. Your attitude towards God is important because the only attitude that will influence your outcome in this life and the life here after. I said your attitude towards God is important because the only attitude has both earthly and eternal consequences. Your attitude towards God has earthly and eternal consequences. How well you live on earth. How successful you become on earth, how fulfilled you become on earth, how impactful you become on earth is all predicated on the kind of attitude you choose to live your life with. And last week, I read two passages to you, all from the book of Luke. I'll read the second one again. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 to 21. Luke 12. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store up my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And then I will restore all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose would they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Is not rich toward God. The other passage we read was from Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. In these two uh, references, we see two guys who were both successful in life. They were all rich in life. Three people, actually. We have Lazarus, 
in the earlier story, uh, that is Luke chapter 16, Lazarus and the rich man. And then here we have just have the rich fool. Now, these guys were, apart from Lazarus, were people you could describe as super success on, in, in, in life. In natural life, they did well. But when they died, they realized that things were different, particularly the gentleman who had the same uh, episode shared with Lazarus. When he died, he realized that things are not the same. The man who could drink vortex water or uh, uh, any of those bottled water, any of them that he wanted, he could buy as many as he wanted in life. When he died, he realized that he needed someone to dip his finger and into water and drop it on his tongue. And that was not even possible for him. Life is different after death. It's important we develop the right attitude towards God because it is that which will determine where we will be when we come to the end of our life on the earth. I told you last week that our earthly life ends in the grave. But our eternal life begins after the grave. When you are late, when they say ash shall go into ash, dust to ash, and the spirit returns to the moment that happens. In fact, it's not even the moment that happens. The moment they touch your body from a hospital and they examine you and they say you are gone. The moment that is declared, <laughs> you, your spirit goes and then your body is left. So everything begins to happen. You are dead in the flesh, but your spirit lives on in eternity. And you are going to be held accountable for the way you lived your life. It's important that we develop the right attitude towards God. Of all attitudes, our attitude towards God is principal. The Bible says wisdom is a principal thing. Just as wisdom is a principal virtue in life, attitude towards God is a principal attitude in life. That's why we need to develop the right attitude. Why must we develop the right attitude towards God? I'll be sharing with you seven reasons. In this episode, I may just touch on about two of them. Seven reasons why we must develop a right attitude towards God. Number one is because he made you. I want you to know that you did not make yourself. God made you. That's why you need to develop a right attitude towards God. You cannot rubbish God. You cannot act as if God does not matter because he really matters. In fact, it's because he existed. That's why you came into existence. You are a product of his creation. You are a product of his imagination. He had you in mind. He thought of you, conceived you, and brought you forth. That's why you are here today. That's why you have become who you have become today. God made you. Look at Psalm 100 verse 1 to 3. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Why? Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he, I like that. It is he who has made us and we are his. I like that. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I want you to know wherever you find yourself that you did not make yourself. It's always important that constantly you remind yourself that you were made by God. I like the New King James. He said, it is not that the Lord is God. It is you who have made us and not we ourselves. You did not make yourself. So enough of the pride, enough of the arrogance, enough of conducting and behaving as if you came all by yourself. You did not come here by yourself. God made you. You were made by God. You were made. 
You were made. No matter what it is that you have, you were made by God. Everything you've been able to acquire is because God made you. If you are not being made, you will not have the things you have. That's why you can't boast about anything. The Bible said, know that the Lord, he is God. The reason why a lot of people don't acknowledge God's place as God is because they think they made themselves. And it's risky. And as we go on today, you will see why it's risky to have that kind of mindset and disposition as if you made yourself. You were made by someone. All of us, everybody on the planet was made by someone, including the atheists who have been educated wrongly or have been philosophized wrongly to come to a place where he no longer accepts the existence of God. The truth about the matter is that for you to have a, a, an objective to defute God actually confirms his existence. Because really, if you are an atheist and you are smart enough and you say something does not exist, why make an effort to discredit it? Why make an effort to prove that it doesn't exist? Because if it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. But you see, the mere fact that you are going every extent, you are doing everything you can to disprove his existence is the reality that God exists. You were made. So it's, it's a critical. We appreciate the fact that you were made. Come with me to Genesis 1.26. He said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. God said, Let us make man in our image. Verse 27. So God created man in his image. Man is a creation of God. God created man. Man was created. Then the Bible says, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said, be fruitful, multiply. So you were made. You were made. It's important. You can type in the comment box, I am made. God made you. You did not make yourself. In the book of John 1, 3, he said, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. You were made by God. God made you. It is dangerous and spiritually suicidal to forget your maker. Don't forget this thing. What I just said, don't forget it. It is dangerous and spiritually suicidal to forget your maker. This is what Isaiah spoke prophetically to the nation of Israel. He says, Woe to him who strives with his maker. And in other words, in the person who is challenging the authority of the one who made him. He said, Let the poor shed strive with the poor shed of the earth. Shall declare say to him who forms it, What are you making? And shall your handiwork say, He has no hands. Woe to him who says to his father, what are you begetting? Or to the woman, what have you brought forth? It's risky. He says, woe to him. Curse, in other words, is he who strives with his maker, challenges the authority of his maker. Job 1, 9, verse 1 to 10. Job answered and said, but truly I know it is so. But how can a man be right before God? If one wished to contend with him, one could not answer him once in a thousand times. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and succeeded? I know you want to succeed. Job is telling you something. That if you must succeed, you must not harden yourself against God. In other words, you must not rise up against God. You must not challenge the authority of God. You must not challenge God's existence. Have the right attitude towards him. That was the kind of life the man Apostle Paul used to live. He used to live a life that challenged the existence of Christ. And so one day he encountered Christ whilst on the road to uh, Damascus. And the Bible says when Christ encountered him, he said, Who art thou, Lord? 
Then he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So you see, consistently, as I said unto him that strives with his maker, Job said, it is a, it's a futile exercise to want to harden yourself against God. And then Apostle Paul said, it is hard to kick against the pricks. Why? Because examples exist in scripture of people who felt that they made themselves and they lost out on their destiny. The first person, Satan, who is now Satan, used to be Lucifer. Lucifer became Satan because he forgot that he was made. He forgot that he was made. He forgot that God made him. You have no idea what comes before you when you begin to walk with the mindset, with that attitude, that God does not matter. I know there are a lot of people who go through life and it's like, God does not matter. God is one of those things. Listen, be very careful because you are on a very dangerous path. God matters. In all, in every matter, God is the principal matter. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15. Why are you falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Why are you cut down to the ground? You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of heaven, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to shore to the lowest depth of the pit. Why? Because you are rising against the one who made you. I have told you again and again in this broadcast that you were made. If there is one thing I want you to leave this broadcast with today is the fact that you did not make yourself. God made you. Ezekiel 28, verse 13 to 14. You were in Eden in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. And then he lifts all the stones. He said, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established thee. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fairy stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. What was the iniquity that was found in him? It was the iniquity of wanting or thinking that he could accept the authority of the one who made him. You remember one man in scripture. I've told it is dangerous to forget your maker or to begin to arrogate to yourself the powers of a maker. Every one of us is a product the one who made us, the one who created us, deserves that we respond to him in the most appropriate way. Satan fell. He lost his uh, enviable position as an anointed cherub to become Satan, Lucifer, now under the feet of those who are born again. And then you remember the man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. That was a very powerful man in the Old Testament. And that man, one day felt that he had made himself. Let's read something little about him. Daniel chapter 4, verse 28 to 30. All this came upon Nebuchadnezzar. May they never come upon you. The things that came upon him, may you never experience them. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. And the king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? You see, success, success has a certain plague, disease that comes with. And I pray that that disease that is associated with success, you will never suffer it. 
This man felt that he had arrived and everything was okay. And he was bragging. This is Babylon. I have built it. I have done that. I have done that. And there are a lot of people who go through life and they ascribe things to themselves as if everything came from themselves by themselves. They, they live by themselves. They have life by themselves. Everything. That was Nebuchadnezzar. He began to speak arrogantly. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice from heaven, from the maker, the one who made him, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. If not, it will depart. It has departed already. May every kingdom God has given you, may you not lose it. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. I made you as a man, Nebuchadnezzar, but your brain has so corrupted that you are now challenging my authority, my existence. Let me let you know that I can reduce you to the status of an animal. And God thought who made him decided to let him go on that path. That's why I'm telling you it's dangerous and suicidal to forget that you were made. They shall make you eat grass like ozen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high, look at that, the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning the book of Nazi. I was driven from among men and ate grass like ozen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bear's claws, Nebuchadnezzar. Look at him. Nebuchadnezzar, a royal king, a great king. All of a sudden, because he will not respond to God in the right, with the right attitude, he lost everything. But look at how he, he had a change of mind. It's my prayer and endless desire that you will never have to go through what you went through to have a change of mind. There are some experiences you don't have to go through them to change. You have to look at what God has done. You have to look at the fact that you were made by someone. God created you and let that alone enough. And he loves you and he wants the best for you. Let that thinking change your life. You don't have to go through the experience the book Nebuchadnezzar went through. All of history, he's the only person who is known to have become an animal from the state, has been converted from the status of a human being to the status of an animal and back. Look at this. At the end of the time, at the end of the time, you know, God says seven times. At the end of the time, Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. I think that word is very important because, you see, every time you begin to uh, disprove or discount the place of God, it's because you lack understanding. The Bible said the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. I bless the Most High and praise God and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain him or say to him, what have you done? Woo! Nebuchadnezzar, his understanding has come. Now he's seeing things from the right perspective. His attitude is changing. Everything about him is changing. Why? Because he has gone through a certain negative experience. He has seen another side of God for him to know that really, if I doubted his existence before, if I doubted his power before, now I'm convinced beyond a shadow of doubt that the Most High really exists. At the same time, my reason returned to me. So his understanding came. His reason returned. 
his line of reasoning, you know, I told you, the Bible says in Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 53 verse 1, the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. And so when the book realized, came to himself and realized, listen, I have built, I have done this, but everything I have, begin, I, I was able to do them because there's somebody who gave me life and sustained that life, and that person is God. When he came to this realization, a lot of things changed. The Bible said, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. Whoa. Oh, so when his understanding came, his reasoning came, then the glory and the honor that God gave him came back to him. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, extol, and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth. His ways are justice, and those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. May I submit to you, let go of that attitude of pride. It's risky. It's pride. You know, it's an attitude of pride that declares independence from God. The dangerous thing about pride is that pride tells God, I don't need you. You are useless. You don't count. You don't matter. In my equation, you are not a factor at all. When it comes to my success, you are not a factor. You don't matter at all. That is pride talking. When you don't have time to pray, you are saying, Lord, I don't need you. When you don't have time to apply yourself, study the word of God, you are saying you don't need his wisdom. And that's pride. And that is why you are likely to fail. But I pray that you will not fail in life. In the name of Jesus, as you embrace the attitude of humility, as you embrace is the right attitude towards God. I see you succeed and attain all your dreams and goals in life in Jesus' precious name. Number two, why must I develop the right attitude towards God? Number one, I said develop the right attitude towards God because he made you. That's the foremost reason why you must develop the right attitude towards God. You were made by God. You didn't make yourself. I said I was going to do two, but I'm even under pressure to do just uh, the two. But let me just introduce you to the second one. The second most important reason why you need to develop the right attitude towards God is because your attitude towards God forms the basis for attitude towards everything else in life. Wow. Everything else in life. Everything Everything else in life. Your attitude towards God determines your attitude towards everything else in life. Your attitude towards uh, marriage, your attitude towards your partner, your attitude towards work, your attitude towards uh, people, your attitude towards everything in life. Money, relationships, it, it shapes it. Your attitude towards God is the foundation for all other attitudes in life. Psalm 11 verse 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, the righteous can do nothing if the foundation. So if the foundation of attitude towards God is not in place, every other attitude will be useless. It was Chinua Achibe, of, uh, the famous author of Things Fall Apart, The Center Cannot Hold, and many other great literature books. This man said that the center cannot hold. Things fall apart. When there is no center, I like, I like the, the person who wrote the song, Jesus is the center of it all. When he's at the center, everything is in shape. When he's not at the center, everything falls apart. The foundation, take note, the foundation for all attitudes in life is attitude towards God. This quote will bless you. If your attitude towards God is right, in all probability, your attitude towards everything else will be right. Wow. 
the foundation for all other attitudes towards, the foundation of all attitudes is attitude towards God. And this is what it means. If your attitude towards God is right, in all probability, all other attitudes, your attitude towards everything else will be right. Look at how this thing works out. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 to 31. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So these were guys who knew God. How do we know God? We know God from creation. We know God from culture. We know God from conscience. These are things. The Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. You want to know God? Look at creation. You will see God. There is something God has placed in man that makes man know that God exists. And that's conscience. In every culture, there is a way God is depicted to people. Why? So we get to know God. The Bible said they knew God. That's why it's very difficult for a man to say you don't know God. The revelation that brings salvation is the revelation of God that scripture gives us. But there are other forms where we get to know God. They knew God. They did not honor him as God. In other words, when you know God, you have to honor him. You have to give him the due respect. The Bible says, render unto all men their due. Render to God what is due him. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God. God is due honor. God is due reverence. God is due worship. And you have to give it unto him when you get to know him. The Bible says they knew God, but they acted that they didn't know him. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images uh, resembling immortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Listen, I'm going to end here because my time is up. But you can see that it's not going well. When you know God and you pretend he doesn't matter, your end will not be good. Your attitude towards God shapes your values in life. Your attitude towards God is a foundation for a positive attitude towards life. Towards money, towards relationships, towards problems. Your attitude towards God will determine your attitude towards the devil. Your attitude towards God is foundational. And I pray that beginning from today, even as we continue the series, you will review your attitude towards God. The good thing about attitude is that attitude can be shaped. Attitude can be changed. Attitude is your choice. You can choose to have a positive attitude today towards God. Maybe until now, your attitude towards God was like that of Nebuchadnezzar, that of pride. That of acting and behaving as if God does not matter. But I pray that through this broadcast, God has spoken to you. The word of God has come alive in your spirit and you are revealing your attitude towards God. God richly bless you as you make a conscious decision that God is a principal factor that makes every other thing works. God richly bless you for being part of our broadcast. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word. And then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed.
Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.